Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. If it weren't for our guest today, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. In the beginning of my online business journey, like the very, very beginning, like seven years ago, I would listen to his podcast out on my daily walks, and sometimes I'd have to stop and take notes on my phone. Like, I'd have to stop a lot. And the show was all about online business and creating and selling online courses. And that's really what got me on the path of online business and course creation and podcasting and all of it. So it really feels full circle and special to have him here today. He helps thought leaders to reach a larger audience with their ideas, create new income streams from their expertise, and build business models that align with their values and goals. As a consultant, trainer, and strategist, he draws from more than 12 years of researching top internet influencers and experimenting with his own personal experience. His experience includes creating multiple successful brands, launching over 60 online courses, teaching more than 10,000 entrepreneurs, generating seven figures in online course sales, and 8 million downloads of his podcast. His mission is to help visionaries with impactful ideas to connect with the people they serve best and the problems they can most uniquely solve. Welcome to the Front Row Entrepreneur, Jason Van Orden. Hi there, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. It's very kind. It's, it's a lot of fun to hear about that background. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, when our mutual friend, Miriam Schulman, connected us, I was just jumping up and down. I was like, no way. <laughs> I get great. to talk to Jason. I mean, it's really very surreal for me. So this podcast is all about people who live life on the front row. They believe that life is too short to take a back seat in life or in business. And you certainly exemplify that in every way. I mean, for crying out loud, you started in a rock band? <laughs> yeah. yeah, as it turns out, that is where I cut my chops as a marketer, as in a rock band, figured out that I enjoyed marketing because I had to figure out how to market in order to get people to care about my music, show up to the shows and buy my CDs. And in the process of learning all that, I was like, oh, this marketing thing's pretty cool. And I, I, I enjoy it. And, and not only that, but I seem to be pretty decent at it. So that, that's where the marketing gene started in me. Okay. But I want to dig into that a little bit more because I really think it's so cool what happened after that. So you. You're in a rock band and you had to figure out how you were going to get people to show up. So you learned how to market and then word got out that you're a pretty good marketer. And then you ended up doing some stuff that was like pre-online course. It was so online course before even people knew what an online mm. course was. And I listened to it on your new podcast, which we're going to talk about in a minute. 
I learned about this there, but I was just so tickled by this. Can you can you share that? Like, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. So, you know, just just kind of skipping forward a little bit in my in my story, I was an engineer for a few years and didn't like that very much. Needed to get out of the corporate the corporate culture. Just wasn't a good fit for me. Through a few different things, I ended up in the real estate investing world. But as a marketer, somebody who had figured out some things about marketing, I was also starting to consult uh, people on marketing. And because I was associating with a lot of real estate investors, I started helping them with their marketing because they need to find buyers and sellers and uh, in order to put their deals together and find properties to buy and such. So in studying real estate marketing or in the real estate investing and marketing, I'd come across this idea of information marketing, which is simply, hey, you can package up your knowledge in a way that allows you to sell it, you know, record it once, create it once, but then uh, deliver it and profit from it again and again. And this, in fact, was how I had been learning about marketing and real estate investing was by buying these courses off of the Internet. But, you know, they come as a three ring binder and a set of mm-hmm. DVDs or a set of CDs. So I thought, well, if why not try that myself? I wanted to figure out a way that I could make money that wasn't dependent on my one-on-one time. So I thought, well, okay, let's let's try one of these like seminars or workshops and see how it goes. The problem was at the time I didn't have a list of my own at all. But after kind of thinking about it, what I decided I could do was go to the local real estate investors association who, you know, had a database of people that had been, you know, it was like what we call a meetup today of sorts. And, you know, they had a database of people that they could reach out to uh, about their meetings and such. And I said, well, if you let me promote this workshop to your database of real estate investors, I will share the profits with you. And that's how I ended up with a list of 80 people. And when I say list, I don't actually mean an email list. I mean a mailing list, you know, sending (laughs) people through the postal service. And the direct marketing style that I'd been learning at the time was a lot about sending stuff out through the mail, a sequence, you know, much like we would see a sequence of emails or videos or something sent out online today. Everything I was studying was about sending out a sequence of letters and postcards and, you know, a variety of different things showing up in people's mailboxes. So I planned out a sequence, you know, I tried to be creative with it because, you know, especially at the time, I mean, it's become a little less so now now that people don't use direct mail quite as much because emails, you know, so cheap and, and available now. But, you know, at the time you had to be pretty creative to get into the inbox and have people actually pay attention to your mail. So I did things like designed a letter, like a, a four or five page letter that I could print out, but make it look like it was like handwritten on the envelope and the, and the, and the paper. Cause that's immediately going to get someone's attention. Like, Oh, I want to read this and see what this is about. I also designed a postcard I was going on a trip to Paris at the time. I thought, well, I'm going to get postcards and I print them out in advance, you know, at, at Kinko's or whatever, you know, what is that called? FedEx, uh, you know, printing store now. And, but I took them with me to Paris and bought all the postage and mailed back to the United States to these 80 people uh, a postcard. And I had a, a picture of the Eiffel Tower on it and I'd drawn a little stick figure on the top or something like, would love to see you at my at my uh, <laughs> my direct marketing uh, workshop for real estate. But, you know, just something creative is like, that's going to get their attention, yeah. right? So and then there was, there was a third piece and I can't quite remember what I did. But every time I'd send one of these out, I would get more people signing up. And in the end, I sold 25 spots. I, I think I rented for $200 for the day at a local community college, a room that could fit about 25 people. And I managed to sell all of the spots. I was selling it for $25 a piece. I'm sorry, $200 a piece. So $5,000 gross. 
you know, a little bit of expenses and I had you know, figured this information marketing thing out enough to know, okay, I need to record the workshop so then I can sell it again and again afterwards. And since I was a musician, I had all of the, you know, the audio gear and things like that. So when all was said and done, you know, I was like, okay, I just grossed $5,000 in one day. This is brilliant. I love teaching and I can get paid well now to, to teach. This is great. So I, Recorded it. I started burning it to CDs. I took all my slides and printed them out and put it in a three ring binder. And now I had a product. But in order, you know, and, and I started selling it locally because not everybody had been able to make it to the workshop, but that maxed out pretty quick. So that's where I started going online and, you know, I was thinking, well, I need to be able to sell this to people outside of my locality right here. And at the time, there's no video, there's no Facebook, no social media, none of those kinds of things is basically the one of the best opportunities was just forums. You go into forums where people are asking questions and talking about your topic. And I post informative posts or answer questions. And down in my byline, there was always a, you know, hey, if you want to buy my, I think it was called the Renegade Marketing System for Real Estate Investors or something like that. I love it. And, uh, and every once in a while, I would get a, a sale and I would rev up my CD burner and burn out the six CDs and print out and take it to the post office and throw it in a, you know, a, a priority mail three day box or two day box, whatever it is, and send it off to the person. But I wanted, you know, that, that only scaled so far. And that's where I started studying more and more digital marketing to figure out how to sell this course. And, 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 you know, from there is where it took off into learning a lot more about online branding, digital marketing, things like that. But that's the, the story of my first, Course, on, well, online course that was an offline course first, and then that—that's what led you soon into podcasting. And I know you had a few before you ended up—you ended up doing Internet Business Mastery. But you—you you had Internet bis Business Mastery. I mean, is this a typo? Fourteen years. Let's see, fourteen. Well, it's technically still going right now, but I of, uh, but let's see, I was a host of it. I think for about twelve years, and then a that's co-host of it for twelve years. Yeah, starting in two thousand five. To do anything for 12 years, like anything, whatever, is like, is amazing. The fact that you did that. And uh, I have a lot of questions to ask you about that in a minute. But you, so you did that for all those years. It's still running. And yet you are starting it. You've started a new podcast. I've listened to the first two episodes. Fantastic. But what is it that you have left to say? Like, what is it? I mean, not that you don't have anything left to say. I'm sure you have plenty <laughs> left to say. But, you know, like, what, what's this one about? Yeah, so this one focuses, whereas my last podcast, Internet Business Mastery, was, you know, kind of for the person just starting out, you know, a lot like I was at the time in a job they hated, aspirational entrepreneur, wanted to figure out something online. This one is much more targeted towards uh, existing experts, so a lot of consultants, coaches, authors, speakers, academics who want, you know, who, who see digital marketing or just, they probably don't even call it digital marketing, but they see the online space and they know that it's like, I can have a much bigger footprint. I could elevate my authority. I could figure out new streams of income. I'm maxed out on my one-to-one -one delivery of my services. And so how do I do that? How do I build a platform, build a business model that allows me to take my ideas uh, further into the world, reach more people, help more people, have bigger opportunities. And so it's all about building that brand and that business model around a, a thought leadership based uh, around your ideas, around your expertise. So what are some of the key points that you're going to talk about with regard to creating a strong brand and messaging as a thought leader? 
Well, really, when it comes down to it in my work, there are three different areas that I work with my clients on and that I teach about. And that uh, is kind of the three main areas of, of uh, thought leadership. And that is, or really any online brand, and that is you've got your positioning, you've got your platform, and then you've got your your products. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there about positioning, which is messaging and how you're perceived in the marketplace and how to build a brand so you cut through that noise and are, are resonating with the exact people you want to work with. And and then how do you get that out there and visible in all the right places and to have increasingly greater authority in your marketplace. Then we've got the platform piece. So that's a lot of talking about content strategy and how to how do you translate your unique brilliance, your unique genius into uh, content, into you know whether that's videos, podcasts, you know things like that, and finding the, the right way to to syndicate your ideas across the internet in an efficient way because you know we only all have only so much time to be creating and, and putting out there but it isn't a very important thing to do if you want to be known for your ideas so talking a lot about the strategy there would well, definitely be be a lot there and then uh product is you know okay what are some of the different this is where we get into the business model and income streams and you know, what are some of the different ways you can package up your knowledge and sell it in more of a one-to-many model uh again so you can be more scalable in your in your impact and in your income as opposed to being limited by that, you know, trading your time for money model of consulting and coaching and teaching and things like that. Well, so I know there's a different in- definite interest in this, and I run into people all the time who they are a thought leader. They're a thought leader without an audience. They they're brilliant. They're an expert, a visionary. Um, maybe they're you know in the quote unquote real world, they're a I don't know. They're the go-to dog, I'm thinking of a guy in my neighborhood, he's a, the go-to dog trainer in this whole city, right? Like everybody considers him to be like the guy who knows everything about dogs. Uh, he knows nothing about branding, marketing, positioning, messaging, and and all of that. So how, wh- how do you advise, like in your consulting, I guess, like when you uh, when you see someone like that, they come to you I don't know why dog trainer was the first person that came to mind, but that's a great example. Why not? <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but whoever, um, and you know that they are just a complete newbie when it comes to this whole other world. They and the learning curve is so high. Like, what what do you do with them? Do you recommend other people to do it for them to set things up for them? You know, do you subcontract? Do you do you teach them? I just see that as a big challenge. Yeah, a lot of it is teaching and advising on a strategic level. I certainly do refer my clients when they need somebody to you know, work on the technical aspects or you know design aspects or writing or things like that where they want help. I can refer them to people to help with that. But what the work that I do or the things I talk about on like on my podcast, I talk a lot about frameworks. So these are you know when it comes to distilling down what's most unique about your message so that you can really put that forward and have you know that strong positioning to stand out. You know, I'll talk about uh, a a, a process uh, that I've put together that you can go through to really kind of, you know, certain questions you can answer to pull that stuff up. So it's very much at a strategic level that I like to work with people. And early on, even if somebody, you know, has already uh, established themselves as an expert in, um, you know, maybe in their local area or, uh, you know, to, to some level, like they've, they've put the time in to be good at what they do and they know they're good at doing it. Often there's at the early phases just needing to get very clear about, well, what is it that's, that is unique about what you want to bring to the world, what you have to say and getting very, a lot of clarity early on about, you know, who do you want to serve more of most? You know, what is that audience that you are uniquely positioned to, to create immense value for? 
because we need to have all of these building blocks early on then to make the tactical and strategic strategic decisions like, okay, well, what platform should I be on? What kind of mm-hmm. product should I make? And, and those decisions definitely come as well. But th- there is a lot early on of just, you know, digging in and getting very clear about where the business is headed, what kind of business model might work given their goals. I'm, I'm very much a proponent of aligning strategy with, you know, it obviously needs to align with the target market, what they want, what they're actively looking for, the pains that are top of mind for them, because that's how you have a profitable business is you're, you're serving, uh, you know, people in that way. But it's got to very much align with who you are and your strengths and your goals and your visions. And so often when people do start looking at digital marketing, they see a lot of the formulas that are being talked about and they see, mm-hmm. they see people doing stuff that frankly, they're like, I don't see myself doing that. Like that doesn't feel good to me. And that's perfectly okay. There's a lot of different ways to go about communicating your brand and being visible and delivering value that can feel in alignment with who you are. And so a lot of that early decision-making and and getting clear about things helps to lead to that more aligned approach so that you'll feel good about it. Because only if you feel good about it, will you be consistent at it and get the results that you are looking for. Yes, I totally agree that we don't, you know, it's, you, you have to be where you feel good because uh, you're not going to – eventually, you're just not going to show up if, if it doesn't feel good and then and then there'll be no success there. But um, I love that you are saying that – and that you have said, and I listened in, in your new podcast episodes, that it's really important that one of the first things we do is pretty much, you know, stake our flag in the ground and say, this is what I believe. Um, and that people want people want to – know that like you are about more than just making money, that it's perfectly fine to make money. And of course, we all know that we're in business to be profitable, but that there has to be something else that we can share with them that we uh, stand for. But I think uh, what I want to ask you is, do you run into situations where it's really hard for people to do that? And, And if so, how do you guide them through that process? You know, like, yeah, I mean, when, it, when it, we all have these reasons why we start our business, and particularly with the the types of clients I like to work with, which you know, they have a message, a story, a perspective, an expertise that they want to get out there. You know, they're driven by some sense of of purpose. I mean, sure, they they want to have, like you say, they're making more money. There's nothing wrong with that, but so often there's something in there. There's a reason why they have pursued that expertise and and would like to reach more more people with it, and so. Like you said, these days, like people, when you have, well, let me put it this way: when you have a thought leadership based business, we all, we all know that business you need to have something that sets you apart. You know, often we talk about unique selling propositions or unique value right. propositions and things. You know, competitive edge and stuff like that. And and one of the the cool things and most important things about a an expert based or, or thought leadership based business where you are a big part of the brand and your ideas are a big part of the product, one of your distinct advantages is that, you know, you are you and as trite as it might sound, nobody else can be you. And people are going to choose to do business with you because of who you are and how you think and how you make them feel. And a lot of that is rooted in just because of how we are as human beings in things like shared meaning and shared values and shared stories. You know, your when your origin story is like what they are going through right now, or when you believe things that they believe as well about the world, or when you have values that they align with too. And so it's really important for, again, this goes back to that positioning piece I was talking about, to instill this, to infuse it into your content and your messaging on your website and everything you do. 
What do you believe that relate as it relates to what you do? You know, what are the reasons why you do what you do that go beyond just money? What is the impact you want to have not only in your clients and customers' lives, but a change you want to make in the world? That now that starts making your your message something bigger than yourself and you know something people can be a part of that goes even beyond them. You know, if you're trying to shift the conversation, I mean, let's think of like Brene Brown, for instance, right? She mm-hmm. she has wanted to shift the conversation about things like vulnerability and shame and perfectionism and really uh, topics that affect so many of us as human beings and that have like just been relegated to silence and being misunderstood. And therefore, you know, people suffer alone with these things. And her work has very much become this, hey, hey, let's change the stigmas. Let's start more conversations. Let's normalize the experiences that we have around these things, right? So her work becomes something bigger than her. And that's something she very openly talks about as, uh, you know, being a core of, of her mission and what she does. And I think that's, and then also, if you also just think about her personality and her sense of humor and she embraces her like Texan background, like these are all things mm-hmm. that make Brene Brown who she is. And I think, you know, this is the likability, the lots of credibility. She's a professor and done all these research and credibility is great, but trust also needs likability. And it's in all of these other areas that likability comes forward in the brand. And so that's why it's important for anyone who wants to have that kind of brand and visibility to to really be thinking about that part of their message and, and putting it out there. What if people, um, what about people who don't see themselves as likable necessarily, mm. that they're, they're the person that they think they're boring or, um, you know, maybe they're, they're very introverted or uh, not to equate introversion with boring at all. Right. I just mean, you know, like um, a shyer person um, mm-hmm. or a person who thinks that what they do is boring. Mm. Yeah. I mean, first thing I'd say when it comes to, I mean, there's a, a lot we can unpack there, but let's think of, um, for instance, uh, strengths. I mean, we all, we all have we all have certain strengths because of nature or nurture or, you know, our interests, whatever the case may be, we all bring certain strengths to the table. The The interesting thing about strengths is that because they come to us easily, we do think that they're boring or commonplace or not valuable. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for us to discount that. And then also society has kind of got this thing of like humility and in some cultures it's stronger than others where it just feels like to recognize and talk about your strengths is like, you know, bad thing to do. So part of it is a mindset shift of understanding, you know, what we're talking about here is discovering where you make, where you create the greatest value in the world. And if your desire is to create something and have an impact and leave some kind of, you know, legacy that goes beyond you, like you need to be able to identify and embrace these things. So one of the best things we can do is actually identify them by getting input from outside of us because we do have such a hard, hard time identifying it within us. So for instance, uh, I have various different exercises I have clients go through when we're talking about, you know, whether you want to call it unique genius or, um, you know, this, this like internal branding piece uh, of all of this. And, and, and one of those things is to go out and talk to, you know, it, it can be sending an email, a letter, or have a conversation with, you know, five or even 10 or more people, uh, you know, from, from various aspects of our lives, family, friends, colleagues, uh, mentors, you know, and have them give us input on, you know, where do you see me shine the most? Like, where do I create the greatest value? What do you feel like you can depend on me for? Um, you know, what, what are three words that describe what I, you know, do best in the world? You know, there's different questions like that you can ask. And when you, and it can be hard to to do that reach out. It is kind of a brave thing just because it feels maybe a little awkward or worried about what people might say or and but I found that people are very interested in helping out and giving input. And you will start seeing 
trends show up when you talk to 10 people that show up in themes that are in what every person is is saying. And so that's one thing that I think that starts helping us look at that and go, oh, look, like these are outside sources that are telling me that this is a way that they, this is something they appreciate about me. Right. And so like, just as a quick example for me, you know, a lot of people say, well, you, you have a way of, you know, when I, when I need a, a, a particular answer to something, either you've probably deeply researched it already and, and come up with a, a good answer. And it's, you know, something that you feel, uh, you know, an answer you feel like you have conviction on because you've thought through it carefully. Um, or you are very talented at going out and doing the research and finding a good answer if I need help finding one. And I used to, I used to take that for granted. I'm like, well, can't anybody just go into Google and, and search for a thing or, you know, pick up a book and search? But there's just a way that my mind actively likes looking after or looking for information and assimilating and, and disseminating down and finding the, the key pieces that are most important that not everyone's brains work that way, right? They're just, other people are like, hey, quick start, just give me a little bit of information and off I go. And that has its strengths too, right? But it's a different way of operating. And so um, I used to discount that inside myself. And then I saw a lot of people saying they appreciated it, clients and otherwise. And so I decided to embrace that and put it forward more as this is one of the key ways I can help you and what you are trying to do. You know what? As you were talking, I was like, oh my God, I totally did that exercise. And I think I learned it from you, from your podcast. <laughs> Way and back I, when, and I, yeah. Yes. And I sent an email. It was the beginning of my business. And I sent an email out to friends and family. And I was like that MailChimp monkey sweating, you know, like a MailChimp when you send an email and it pops up that cartoon <laughs> yeah. picture yeah. of like the monkey the sweating. Finger, like, yeah. That was completely me. That's how it feels. Or like when you're going to jump off the high dive and you just have to like close your eyes and do it. But the, mm -hmm. but the feedback that came back was amazing because people did say stuff that I was like, Oh, I didn't even see. I didn't even think about that as mm. a thing. You know, I remember people saying that I was persuasive and passionate and, um, you know, I would, I don't know. I remember using that in some of my early language and stuff. I, yeah, that was that's that's so cool. And you are so right is that we take for granted um those things that we're we're good at because they do come easy to us. So we don't recognize those as anything special, but but everybody has their own special thing. Okay. Now, I want to ask you uh well first of all, I want to say I don't want to forget to say this and that is your podcast is so amazing and the fact that you have promised to give a framework with every single episode is like so up my alley. Like I love a pot and I know my listeners are the same way like cuz I'm all about I love to give like actionable tips so that people can listen and go away and like immediately execute something. And so I love that you are doing this and uh, so everybody needs to check out Jason's new podcast. It's called Impact. Is there a subtitle or is it just Impact? Uh, yeah, the subtitle is How to Grow Your Thought Leadership Brand and Business. Okay, yeah. So we're I'll mention that before we before we end. But I want to I want to say that out loud and highlight that with a big banner and asterisk right now. <laughs> and the other thing that you do, and and your old podcast did this, and this podcast is doing this, and that is like you were the perfect example of somebody who really it doesn't seem that you even you don't you don't give it a second thought to give away content that is like so valuable that people would pay for it. Like your content, yeah. it was and is so good that people would pay for it. And I, my students asked me, well, I'm a, I don't want to do this. It should be a tripwire because this is really super valuable and what should be free and what, what should I give away? Are you, you know, is what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, ideally 
as so I was actually talking to I have, I have a mastermind of of coaches and consultants who you know we talk about the kinds of things that we're talking about here and I help them with those things and um, yesterday you know they were asking me about and this all comes back to answering your question they were asking me about like what percent of percentage of time should I spend in different areas of my business like marketing versus you know delivering value to my clients and and customers so we were talking about that and I said you know there's actually this third area that you need to make sure gets in there too especially if you have a thought leadership based business that so often does get ignored because we're so busy delivering value to our clients which is great and important and then you know hopefully sneaking some marketing and sales in there to keep uh, the lead flow and the cash flow going as well right. The third area is the thought are the thought leadership activities, which are breaks into three bullet points: create, relate, and ideate. So, if you want to be known as a thought leader on a regular basis, if not daily, but at least weekly, time needs to be set apart for ideating, which means you know thinking deeply and, and taking in different ideas and reading and and looking at magazines within and without of your industry, or you know giving yourself a time limited amount of time to go on down a rabbit hole on the internet or listening to summaries of but like taking in raw fuel for your ideas and then creating, you know, that's creating content, creating frameworks, creating uh, packaging it as keynote, uh, you know, sp uh, speaking gigs, uh, keynote speeches, uh, packaging it as your, your podcast or whatever the case, you know, create and relate or create an idea. And then, you know, relate is, is getting out there and building your network and things. But the reason I bring up that create and relate part is if you're doing that enough, you're going to have so many ideas coming up that are, that are, you know, and, and some of them will be more valuable than others. And often you can't predict which ones are because guess what? The market needs to tell you. And so I just figure, you know what, if you are doing what you need to do as a thought leader, you won't feel like, you know, being this, for lack of a better word, miser with your ideas, because you know, you're <laughs> going to have more of them and right. more layers underneath. There's even more that people can dig into and pay for. And in the end, they're going to pay for, you know, the guidance and the support and the belonging and all the other things that come along with your products, not just the information. Information is only one slice of what people end up paying you for. So that's what I have to say about that. So I say, you know, why not go ahead and give some of this best stuff away? Because hopefully there's a lot more where that came from. Oh, I love that. So do, are you a morning routine kind of a guy? Do you have a no, morning routine? not at all. <laughs> Believe it or not, not at all. I am just going to openly say nope. So what works for you in terms of like your own content creation? How do you go about it? Do, is it, is it random? Um, mm. Is it on the back of napkins? Like what? Yeah, thankfully, it's not on the back of napkins anymore, though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, this is an area that's like, you got to find what works for you. But here I will right. say a few things. Number one, you absolutely, I mean, first of all, set a time aside for ideation and creation on a regular basis. Because if you just leave that to happenstance, it's not going to happen. Everything else is going to just take up the time and get in the way. And that's why, you know, I did finally get my podcast out. But honestly, like, you know, I've been trying to do it for a few months and I started letting other things get in the way until I finally focused regularly on it. Um, then the second thing is you you have to have a system for capturing your ideas at the moment they come to you, because it's not going to be when you sit down to record the podcast or sit down to write the blog post or make the video. It's going to be when you're in the shower, when you're out for a walk, when you're in the middle of a client call and you're like, oh my gosh, the way I just said that was awesome. I don't know. I've never, <laughs> and the way that they just responded, clearly that's a thing. I need to note this down. Like that's one of my best places that I come up with stuff is like after I do my mastermind calls with my mastermind group or my, you know, client calls right. client. So it's like, learn to notate wait, wait, those things. What's your system? We got to know your system. Right. So learn to notate things down. So for me, I mean, I, I, 
you know, I, I hesitate to say any particular tool because it just needs to be something that works for you. But obviously your phone is probably always with you. So find mm-hmm. an app. It could be a Google Doc. It could be a, a spreadsheet. It could be the, the reminders app if, you know, because you can speak to Siri or whatever your equivalent is on your phone and have it add a whatever it might be, but capture that in a way. I just happen to have, I you know, I use a Mac and Mac integrates well with iPhone and, and my other and iPad and stuff. So I have a very simple writing tool called bear b a r uh plan words because it's a bare bones b a r you know kind oh, of writing it. thing and i just capture stuff um in there and i can tag it but you know it might be evernote for some people it might yeah. be uh, so just have a tool a system and ideally one that maybe you have a physical notebook in the in your purse or your wallet your back your pocket whatever mm-hmm. that you take with you but make sure it's something that's available wherever you're at and that it works well for you. And then of course, here's the the big thing is you have to have a system then for going and looking at those things. And when it is time to create, digging them back up and using them, don't do the back of the napkin and the million different uh, mm-hmm. uh, sticky notes if they're just gonna sit around and not get reviewed. So, um, you know, you gotta set time aside then to actually process and turn those into uh, something eventually. So but that's one of the biggest things is just have a system for capturing and then consistently set aside time for creation and ideation. Okay. Just to back up and be geeky for just two seconds. Um, the key, yeah, is being able to find those notes again. And you mentioned that Bear has um, a tagging system. That's why I use Evernote, but I, because I think the tagging system is so important. Otherwise, I could never remember mm-hmm. where anything is. So if I could just type in 14 different tags, eventually it'll come up. Is that how Bear works? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You can search, you can tag, you can. So it's, it's very similar to Evernote. It's actually a little bit more stripped down than Evernote, mm-hmm. which for some people is great. Evernote's also a, a great system for that as well. All right. So you started with direct marketing and st- sending stuff in snail mail. Do you Are you back to that at all? I'm experimenting with that these days. I've thought about it. Honestly, I haven't done direct mail for quite some time, though I was reading, um, I don't remember, Wired Magazine, Harvard Business Review, something. And there was an mm-hmm. article about like here's the new marketing unicorn and it's like going back to the mailbox basically because nobody's doing it now so um you know a postcard in the mail is gonna stand out pretty amazingly these days but yeah i i have not other than you know sending a thank you card or a thank you gift to somebody because they referred a client to me or just a relationship i'm trying to maintain for marketing purposes it's been quite some time, but uh, it is in the back of my mind. So I think all those amazing freebies that you have on your website, if you turn them into newsletters, Mm. like all those guides and you send them out to like a hundred of your best people, you know, Miriam, our our friend, Miriam Schulman Mm -hmm. has had great success doing this lately. Oh, okay. So I've been basically copying what she's doing and it's interesting. So it's still, it's still just an experiment. And speaking of old marketing, is there and and business models for thought leaders are there are there frameworks you think are like finished now that we need to just let go of and just be like that okay goodbye so here's the interesting thing is i think that frameworks when they're done well are probably pretty evergreen and lasting but what changes or what might be gone is the tactics that you use to employ those principles or or frameworks now, you know, that, of course, I can't say any framework's bulletproof and just going to like last forever. But, you know, certainly when it comes to, well, and I also have a bit of a pet peeve because people love to say like, webinars are dead. Podcasting <laughs> is dead. 
right. you know, email lists are dead. And it's always somebody who wants to sell you the antidote <laughs> to that thing, right, right. right? So that's why I like teaching and framework so much is then we can adapt them to whatever might be, what would, especially what would work well for you, but then what might be working well in the market. But if somebody comes to me and says, Jason, what's the channel I got to be using right now? Because that's what's going to grow my list fastest. I'm going to be like, I'm not going to give you an answer. You know, we're going to talk through and come up with the best strategy for you, but I'm not just going to say, oh my gosh, Instagram stories. That's where it's hot. That's hot right now. You got to do it, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, right. I mean, sure, you've got some people, you know, Gary Vaynerchuks or whatever, who like to be the early adopter and are just doing that so often that eventually they hit something and whatever, but like, that's not going to be most of us. So chasing the thing or trying to avoid the thing that might be, and I, yeah, our webinars did well, probably the way they've been done, because that's the problem is that when people use a tactic over and over and over, then everyone starts using the exact same formula. I can guarantee if I got on a webinar today, I know exactly what the first 10 minutes are going to be, right? It's like, today, I'm going to talk about this. And you're in the right place if you're this person. And oh, let me tell yeah, you a little bit yeah. about me right now. And it's like, it's the same <laughs> uh -huh. formula, right? Yeah, it's like, uh -huh. so stop using the formula, but it doesn't mean webinars are dead, right? So right. that's kind of my take on on that. I love it. Well, uh, this has been such a blast for me. And listeners, I got to tell you, so you're a natural teacher, uh, Jason, I'm sure you know that. And and so this is one of the podcasts that you definitely need to put at the top of your the top of your list. If you've been looking for something that's um, educational, inspirational, and that will motivate you, um, you definitely want to check it out. It's called Impact. Uh, impact. And uh, if you uh, want to check out Jason's website, it's jasonvanorden.com. And of course, I'll link to all this in the show notes. Any other links or anything else you want to share before we sign off, Jason? Uh, no, that's it. That's great. Yeah. If you want to keep up or hear more about these kinds of things we've been talking about today, either listening to the podcast or visiting my site and getting my email newsletter. Those are like my primary channels for content creation and sharing my latest stuff. So would love to, to have anybody who's interested. Thank you so much, Jason. This has been a blast for me. Thank you, Jen.